0: Yeah, that's a very famous that's as you say, that is the most famous uh, phrase from that sutra. And in we used to say that in the temple every morning. That was one of the sutras we would chant in the Japanese Zen Temple, upstate New York. It's Japanese something like Fui Shiki Shiki sokusei Ku ku Sokoze something, something. And um <clears throat> um uh, form is emptiness, um is basically saying that our perceptions of form which includes body and objects but you can also say thought form or the contents of mind like you know thoughts and images and memory and emotions any conceptualization or samskara (coughs) Um, so the thoughts of physical objective form object form and mental thought mind process formations are empty, (coughs) empty of um, essential, abiding, uh, eternal, true nature, because of impermanence. And so because um, all that we're perceiving and conceiving is impermanent, uh, and the very perceptions and conceptions themselves are impermanent, ultimately perception and conception is empty empty of of substantiality and that goes to anatta so anatta meaning no self and no self is not not much different than sunyata actually and gotama spoke about sunyata but that notion of emptiness sunya uh, there is actually a sunya sutta from the pali but it was developed far more in mahayana and anatta no-self or insubstantiality and emptiness, uh, was originally describing nirvana or um, the arahant who's free of or empty of the kleshas and empty of ignorance and empty of um, any illusion um, or illusory fashioning. So in, men, in one way we're talking about the two views, um, relative-absolute or dualistic consciousness versus non-dual consciousness. And to say that form is empty means that all of our experience of dualism, me and you, or this and that, or yesterday, today and tomorrow, time and space, self and other, um, is illusory and ultimately uh, of one nature, or uh, of something like they're saying doesn't change. This (coughs) To say that it doesn't change is a bit problematic also. And so, while the two views are developed, that, that's a theory or a, you know one teaching in Mahayana and Tibetan Buddhism, Vajrayana, the relative and absolute. Like, the relative, of course, is uh, the world not only of name and form uh, or dualistic consciousness, but it's also, for, for us, it's uh, the world of psychology <clears throat> or um, the sense of self and the very real sense that I have unique and uh, complex psychology, and everyone does. And it's very important to, you know, to heal uh, psychological conflict or to become psychologically healthy, whatever that means. And yes, there is more emphasis these days on that level of um, practice or self-development because uh, the lower chakra blockages remain <laughs> no matter whether the person enjoys a formless jhana or not. And that's that's the point. Is uh, If you don't clear the lower chakras, um, then any experience of what could be thought to be emptiness, and there's the problem where that's ultimately, uh, any experience that we conceive to be emptiness, we conceive to be non-dual, right? we conceive to be the law of one, um, is itself um, another conceptualization, or any conceptualization is empty, and um, then there, you know, the the, the the this is really very complex, so the focus on the personal, on relationships, and personal psychology, is to is the antidote to spiritual bypass, which is very common in any mystic tradition, where people want to get into the higher jhanas. Basically, they want experiences of non-duality, or what they think they are, meaning they conceive this is non-duality. Uh, they want people want you know, bliss, or cities and magic powers. What people have to understand, which I think we do, and um, it was well understood in Buddhism from the start. It's just that the human tendency for grasping um, does spiritual materialism as well as it does material or physical materialism. You know, so there's, there's spiritual materialism, which could be called spiritual bypass which which is which is. Uh, associated with spiritual bypass, which is basically, Rob talked about this, um, neglecting a certain development or, or getting ahead of oneself uh, to develop qualities pretty much of six chakra um, while excluding or neglecting or avoiding or suppressing or not working with the reality of lower chakra blockage. Meaning, uh the person can go into bliss but they have screwed up relationships or their health is a mess or their financial condition is a mess or they really don't like themselves actually or they still have old anger to family or self uh and then they can go they can do a, a chanting kirtan in the temple or um have some kind of uh, you know very transitory peak experience of bliss or a sense of emptiness So that's spiritual bypassing. That's a kind of spiritual materialism. Chogyam Trungpa talked about that. It's very common. It happens in Buddhism as well as Hinduism, although more so in Hinduism, generally, yoga traditions, where people conceive of the goal as states of consciousness, like the formless jhanas, you know, experiencing infinity of space or infinity of consciousness or nothingness or, you know, that all of that is then those experiences are real enough, but then they are conceived um, in dualistic ways. And so, one, uh, <coughs> the, the phrase, form is emptiness, emptiness is form, is not so hard to understand in the first part, but it's controversial in the second. Uh, Ra saying, you're not living in a material universe, you're dancing thoughts. Well, that, that is form is emptiness. <coughs> so, um, form being any kind of um, compounded uh, phenomena of body uh, rupa <clears throat> our body, other body objects, physical phenomena and mind nama name conceptualization naming activity, samskara fortskanda <clears throat> all of that is um, not a material universe as Ra said it 's dancing thought okay so it's empty, uh, the form is empty of um, abiding or unchanging um, identity or substantiality. It's it's just a flickering flame that's being named at certain phases. Or phenomena in continual change that's being labeled and identified um, at certain stages. And And this was in the movie Lucy, talking about... Uh, time being that which um, uh, gives, gives the basis for experience, the experience of time or the fashioning of linear experiencing. So anyway, form is empty, you're not living in a material universe, you're dancing thought, okay fine, how about uh, emptiness is form? Well, obviously any conceptualization of emptiness or non-duality or insubstantiality is a conceptualization. And so there's the experience of mindfulness, and then there is, which is ultimately true non duality. But then there's the experience of talking about and thinking about and conceiving uh, mindfulness, uh, which is dualistic. And so this is why Gautama didn't talk about unity, because there's the common experience of duality, or this and that, me and you, which is called form which resolves into a kind of unity, which is associated with emptiness, meaning this notion, it is a notion that there's an unchanging substrate, right? That awareness doesn't change. That's a conceptualization too. Sorry, that's a conceptualization. Awareness doesn't change. Now, clearly that's an experience that there is a abiding substrate. There is um, this sense of uh, of unbound awareness, and Lynchy talked about it, and it's not a problem. But to, con- to, to to elaborate conceptualizations of the unchanging substrate, or consciousness is the goal, or unbound awareness is the goal, and consider that that's unity, or consider that that's static or fixed or a state of consciousness or a state of being, meaning it it it's. Um, it is um, associated with non-impermanence, or it's permanent. That can be problematic, too. And so the one understanding of as form, which is the, the simple one, is that any conceptualization of emptiness, which is normally just people um, thinking about non-thought, thinking about silence of mind at a steady state, like samadhi. Generally, people mistake samadhi for emptiness. It's not so so samadhi and emptiness are not the same meaning Ra talked about silence of mind in a steady state calm abiding, concentration equanimity non-production of thought this is a sort of um, non-grasping awareness like mindfulness Uh, that's not the goal actually that is a means to the goal because there still is um, there still is very subtle conceptualization going on there or um, that doesn't necessarily equate to the cutting of all fetters or desires, tendencies. You know, One can experience nothingness in a jhana or so-called emptiness or silence of mind and say I've arrived, but actually that's just a freedom from uh, grasping. So yes, so you ask what's the difference between samadhi and emptiness. Samadhi could be called an experience of emptiness, but it isn't the end of the path. Um, You can say that Samadhi, true Samadhi, is akin to emptiness. Um, But Samadhi um, still involves intentionality, meaning the intention to remain concentrated or remain aware. Uh, Emptiness is basically going to be a freedom from all um, all from the last three fetters completely meaning uh, self-fashioning, ahamkara, self-conceit, any kind of identity, freedom from identity, freedom from the identification process of mind that says this is this and that is that. This is emptiness, this is silence, this is mindfulness, this is unity. Any of that tagging uh, is ultimately gone in, in full uh, awakening. And so the, the, the Mahayanists actually changed the notion of emptiness a bit. Gautama was sort of saying that Nibbana is empty of um, the fetters and the kleshas and the three poisons, grasping, aversion, ignorance, free of um, any kind of misunderstanding or naming activity um and then and that's true uh, but mahayanists who are a little sloppy because they're not indian they're chinese and they uh, they they're, came later and they mix in with hindu mystic traditions uh shiva worships and things uh have sort of made emptiness um a a thing. It's been sort of reified in those in those traditions, and so to say that to to the very subtle belief that emptiness is a thing or a state of mind, or it's a goal like nirvana is a is a thing to get, um, is another form of dualistic conceiving, and that's also empty. So the notions of emptiness are empty, and there, so there was a, a teacher, um, a guy named Maitripa who was an Indian adept uh, about a thousand years ago in India. There was still Mahayana in India. And he did a, he made a teaching. you can't really find it online much. It's called uh, Amana Sikara. and it basically means non-attentiveness. <laughs> and it was um, a counterbalance for people who are getting attached to mindfulness or making mindfulness a thing. Or contemplation of emptiness to be a thing, and so uh, to 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 reify or concretize or establish emptiness as uh, a state of mind or uh, an identity or something that can even even as a thing, it isn't a thing. The goal is is. Basically, freedom from all identity and identifications. And it's it's a whole lot more than a passing state of mind or a passing experience in meditation. That's, that's the point, is that people can achieve samadhi, steadiness, silence of mind in a steady state, with equanimity and concentration. That's actually sort of a taste of emptiness, but it's not really freedom from bondage. Because um, the roots uh, of the three poisons—grasping, aversion, ignorance—may or may not, you know, have been cut out. The four awakenings, the four stages of awakening in Buddhism, uh, depend on samadhi. There are four levels of prajna or vipassana or insight or realization. There are four penetrations, and after which there's nothing more done to be done. Um To call that emptiness um, is a little simplistic. And so uh, the work is a whole lot more than a temporary experience of uh, apparently non-dual states. And it's helpful, of course, but um, people use that to neglect the personal. And to the extent that those experiences are concretized or reified into a thing, or the goal has been uh, is conceived of as a thing or a place or a state of mind, uh, or changing and unchanging, that's um, that's uh, an ignorance, and that's that's uh, a, a for another empty form. So. Uh, <clears throat> it's uh, the whole notion that emptiness is form uh, is usually understood as conceptualizations of emptiness are illusory um, but you see uh... i mean a, a fully enlightened being we can't really talk about fully in full enlightenment because we're just not there and so there's a lot of people who spend a lot of time thinking and talking about what they can't know because they just haven't you know broken the fetters yet. We. Me too. So, I mean, Gautama never encouraged excessive contemplation on Nibbana, actually, because people get caught up in imagining what what the goal is and then trying to conform their mind to it. That's form. <laughs> That's illusory. That's just taking absolute view as a, you know, making absolute view of a relative view. The idea is that there's relative view and absolute view. Duality, non-duality. The common sense of me and you versus an experience of deep samadhi or what appears to be non-dual or what seems to be emptiness. And taking that as a thing is yet more uh, relative view entangling. And so... Relative view, absolute view—they're both views, and views fall away for the one who's fully enlightened. The 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 Gautama has no view, and that's why they asked one one Arahant, "What's your view?" And he basically said, "Whatever subject to cessation is subject to origination," which is a funny way of putting it. Whatever 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 dies must have been born. Whatever subject to cessation or ends, whatever ends must have been born, and therefore will continue arising and passing away, that's samsara. Samsara is the cycle of birth and death, which is the, the experience of continually arising nama-rupa, uh, perceptions of form or bodies, and uh, perceptions of thought or naming activity, samskara, continual fashioning. Whatever dies is born, and whatever born is dies, and that's his view. That's what they are. Han said. We went over this long ago. That's the only view, because he knows that all views are empty too. So the two views are also empty, empty of of essential reality, because any conceptualization is is a labeling of reality that is ultimately indescribable or or non concept is transconceptual. Or reality uh, simply cannot fully be known by mind or concept. That's the point. It can be illumined and realized, but to conceptualize it even into the two views relative and absolute, which is basically form and empty, you know, form is a relative, awareness of form or, or perceptions of form, body form, object form, mental form, mental content process, uh, awareness of form, or perceptions of form, and perceptions of emptiness. I mean, you know, the jhana of nothingness is just a jhana. It's not freedom from samsara. And so, all of, both relative and absolute views, or perspectives of reality or life, are views. And therefore they are fashionings. Therefore they are illusory or empty of abiding reality. Reality is not conceptualization, is non-conceivable, is inconceivable. God is inconceivable, like that. And that's the difference, that's the transit from duality, dualistic consciousness, to non-dual consciousness, to uh, freedom from consciousness. And the Hindus may say, well, that's universal awareness, which it is, but to the extent that it's known conceptually, one isn't free of duality or dualism, or identity-making. I, Ahamkara, is also identity-making. And um, please take good care of yourselves. Thanks again, see you next time, and good night.